Hello and welcome to the SBK Betting Podcast, Royal Ascot Day 3 Preview. My name is Tom Collins and I'm once again joined by Ross Miller. If you are watching this on YouTube, please like, comment and subscribe. It will be greatly appreciated. So we're 14 races down, 21 contests to go, almost at the halfway stage, Ross. Before we get into the feature race on the Wednesday, which was the Prince of Wales Estates, let's talk about a couple of the winners. Eldar Eldorov was really impressive, dramatised, maintained her unbeaten record. Saffron Beach took the Duke of Cambridge Stakes as well. What was your personal highlight on Wednesday? I'm not sure there was an absolute standout like there was yesterday. thought Saffron Beach has to be given credit for, for lumping a fairly mean penalty and, and, and doing it very well. Um, I thought... Uh, David Egan was, was, was really good, really strong um, to get up on the line. I think that's an exciting horse going forward, possibly back next year for the Ascot Gold Cup, I wonder. Um, but I, yeah, I think Saffron Beach really was, to, to do that under a penalty was, was really quite impressive. Yeah, I would agree. I think it was a real good jockey ship as well, um, an aggressive ride. We've seen plenty of poor rides or mistakes from experienced riders on the Wednesday, but Adam Kirby was spot on on, on Saffron Beach. Another jockey that was spot on was Shane Cross, who rose state of rest to win the, the featured Prince of Wales stakes, made all. There wasn't much pace in the race. They went slow early on. Baybridge sat third. The Japanese horse was second. Lord North, well, Frankie forgot to take the blind off. He was right out the back. What did you make of the Prince of Wales, Ross? Uh, I, I don't know, TC. I've watched it four times, and I'm still not sure what I make of it. I think you, it's always really easy um, to say that the jockeys that have beaten have, have ridden poorly. Um, part of being able to ride a race like Shane Cross did is to not let on, I guess, to the, to the other guys exactly what you're doing because they're, they're, they're world-class jockeys. So they're, they're pretty aware of someone trying to slow the pace up in front of them. So it's a very fine margin. I thought it was a great ride. I'm slightly surprised that Christian Demira didn't make more use of his horse. I thought of all the jockeys in behind, okay, Frankie, you know, not taking the blind off. I think that that is an error. You know, it's it, it, it shouldn't happen. Um, Ryan Moore, I can understand why he wanted to get a lead. He's on an inexperienced horse. But I thought Christian Demira should have made more use of, of his horse, a confirmed stayer, should have liked the ground. It just looked like he sort of wasn't really sharp to what's happening, but it shouldn't take away from the ride Shane Cross gave. It was a very, very smart ride, got his fractions absolutely spot on and, and a deserved winner. And, and as many have said, the horse probably not getting the credit it's deserved previously. Yeah, he's been a phenomenal horse. He's won over in the US, he's won in Ireland, he's won in UK. He's just a globe-trotting superstar. We've seen Aidan O'Brien have loads of these horses in the past. Now Joseph has one in state of rest. We talked about getting the sectionals right. Well, he definitely quickened up the race um, close to the finish line. Three funnels from two funnels out. They uh, notched 11.61 second sectional. Two funnels to one funnels, 11.55 second. They were really quickening up in this race. Baybridge ran a screamer to finish second, only beating a length. He ran a great race, the race that we kind of expected. He just wasn't in the, the ideal position, was he? No, probably not in the ideal position. And I, I just think perhaps he just wants slightly more giving the ground. He, did, he perhaps didn't look to me like he let himself down all that much. When you watched the head on, he sort of had his shoulders to the right, his quarters to the left. Um, normally a sign that horse is in complete love with the, with the surface it's racing on. Yes, exactly. And, and another horse that might actually not love this really quick surface is Stradivarius. And he features in tomorrow's showpiece race, the Ascot Gold Cup. Punters are hoping that Frankie takes the blindfold off on time this time with, uh, with Stradivarius. Whether you fancy him or not, it's great to see him line up. He's been a stalwart of the flat division. I love this horse. I'm not going to be with him in this race and we'll come to tips in the near future. But I, I just love the fact he's entered in the race. I love the fact we're going to see him for the last time at Ascot. Stradivarius is just one of the best flat horses we've seen in a long time, Ross, isn't he? Yeah, and, and, and sort of 
perhaps the, the reason I love the jumps more than the flat is that the flat horses don't tend to hang around all that long, whereas the jumpers you get to develop a real relationship with. Stradivarius has bucked that trend. He's, you know, come out year on year, um, raced the top level consistently. Um, I'm with you. I love him. I just wonder whether he's quite the force of old. Frankie obviously has unfinished business. It wasn't a vintage Frankie ride last year. I'm sure he'd be hoping to put that right this year. But I, I'm, I'm with you. I'm just not sure where the time is and perhaps catching up with him and the ground might just be a bit too lively. Yeah, I think the ground's probably going to be a bit too lively for a couple of other horses in the race as well. The likes of Trushan, Princess Zoe, who has won on quick, quick ground, but uh, she prefers it deep as well. Mojo Star, Tashkan, they all like uh, give underfoot. Maybe they won't be suited by the conditions. One horse that might be is Kiprios, who could be the next Yates. Do you think that's an accurate statement? Uh, it's a big statement, TC. Um, <laughs> it's probably one to, to save and tuck away and, and reel out in three years' time if he's if he's gone on to win three gold cups. But yeah, I th- I tipped him last week in the, in the podcast. We did sort of anti-post. I've only got more confident behind him as the ground has quickened. Uh, not so much that it's going to absolutely suit him, but I think it is going to compromise plenty of the, of the ones you've already mentioned. He's a young, progressive horse. Stayed on very strongly in the vintage over mile and six. I think this could extra trip could unleash further potential still. And I, I think that... Uh, Thankfully, Aidan O'Brien's got on the on the score sheet late in the day today. Uh, I'd be a bit nervous going in tomorrow if he hadn't had the winner. But um, yeah, I think he's got outstanding claims. Yeah, I think Kiprios is definitely the horse to beat. I agree with you um, in regards to that. He's not actually my selection in the race, but look, if I was playing a win-only bet, it would be Kiprios. My selection, I'm going to take a flyer, and I did this in the podcast that we both covered uh, last week, and that is Alan Yak, 80 to 1, huge price. On form, you couldn't have him. He's got £10 to find with the protagonist in this race. His recent form figures aren't overly enticing, but he did finish fourth in, in the Dubai Gold Cup. And it was a really good run over a trip that he's unexposed at. Maybe he progresses again this time around. He's been kept fresh for the race. And I just don't like the ground for so many horses in this race that Alan Yak may just be able to pick him up late and hit a place. What do you reckon about that one, Ross? Well, it's a brave shot. I was actually looking back through it this afternoon and... Uh... A good number of runs ago, he was third behind Hukum. So there's obviously a bit of class in there. So, um, yeah, I'm, I'm interested to watch TC and uh, it'll uh, be a big shout if he does uh, land the spoils. Look, I'll be happy with second for him. Obviously, um, I tipped 80 to one shot, intelligent for second today. So hopefully Alan Yak goes one better. But look, I'll be happy with a place for Alan Yak um, in the Ascot Gold Cup if that happens. I wish you the best of luck with Kiprios. There are six other races tomorrow. I mean, don't give away your Napa next best, but you have a whole plethora of horses to choose from. Does anything stand out for you? Uh, well, as you know, I, I do like the two-year-olds. Um, I was pleased to dramatise win today. I thought tomorrow in the opening race, Brave Nation for Michael Bell. Um, has it perhaps to do on, on the form, but was a wide margin winner, as Bradsell was actually in the, in, on, on day one. Um, by Sue Nation, who, who won this race, uh, he's got blistering speed. He stayed on really strongly last time. I think he's an interesting one at, at, a, at a decent price. Yeah, he's definitely an intriguing runner. Um, I'm going to have my next best in that race, but Brave Nation was the second horse uh, on my shortlist. I was super impressed with him at Doncaster. I was actually in the Sky Sports studios that day, and I said he could be a Royal Ascot horse, so I, I do wish you the best of luck with him. Let's get to the naps and next best. I'm super confident on a couple of horses. The confidence has taken a big battering over the last two days, I have to say. Baybridge obviously finishing second intelligent, but hopefully Thursday is the day. My nap is going to be post-impressionist in the King George V stakes. And when I saw the price for this horse, I was shocked because he was 10 to 1 last night when I wrote my copy for, for the betting.getsbk.com um, tipping piece. 
but he was only three to one, 130 today, which is much shorter than I was anticipating. But he is the horse in the race that stands out to me as the best handicapped. Finished second behind Eldar Eldorov last time at Newcastle and was heavily punted to beat him that day. Eldar Eldorov obviously won today, the Queen's Vase Group 2. And it's likely to be 105, 110 horse in the near future, if not right now. Post-impressionist gets to run off 89 in this race. I think he's super well handicapped. He'll love the step up and trip. And he's my nap of the day. My next best, as I mentioned, is in the Norfolk, and that is Wallbank, the Norfolk being the 2.30, the first, first race on Thursday. Course form at Ascot is really rare in juvenile races. You've just got to look for it, and if they have it, it's a tick in the box, and Wallbank does. He finished second on his debut at this track before bolting up in a weaker race at York. I think he's been targeted this race for a long time out. He's a precocious, quick type. Looks perfect for the Norfolk. Ross, who is your nap and next best? Uh, so the nap comes in a 305. Uh, James Ferguson trained Deville, Deville legend. Um, I spoke to James at the at the back end of last season um, for for a piece to do with racing TV and asked if he had anything unraced a two year old that he was excited to run. And he nominated this lad. He said that uh, he hoped he'd get off to a good start as a two year old. He was duly fourth on debut, ran a good race, was then well fancied to to win at Nottingham and blotted his copy, but wouldn't go in the stalls. Um, had the chop after that and was gelded. Um, and then ran a nice race at Chelmsford at the back end of his two-year-old year. Came back then, stepped up to 10 furlongs uh, and, and really took a big step forward to, to make a winning return this season. I think an extra two furlongs can really suit him. It's clearly a horse that James Ferguson likes. Um, I think he's been targeted at this race and I think he'll go very well in the 305. And then the next best comes in the 610, uh, Ropey Guest. Uh, who, who ran a mighty race for me last time at, uh, when I tipped him at Ascot on his penultimate start. Despite being drawn on the wrong side of the track, he finished fifth. He's followed that up with a, with a, a poor run over six firms at Windsor, but I think he's not got the speed for six firms anymore. He runs well at Ascot. I'm not too fussed about the draw. I think we've seen today that they, they can win from anywhere pretty much. Um, I think he'll run really well at a big price for George Marguston. Couple of juicy picks there. Doville Legends currently available at 16 to 1 with SBK. Ropey Guest is 33 to 1, double carpet uh, with SBK in the closing race on Thursday. That brings us to the end of episode three of this mini series. As I say, if you are watching us on YouTube, please like, comment, and subscribe. We do read the comments and may even mention them in the next episode. Please remember the SBK offer as well. New customers will get 30 pounds in free bets if they deposit 10 pounds. T's and C's do apply. Make sure to join us again tomorrow. Hopefully we've had a few winners on Thursday. Until then, be lucky.